So they're a little less evolved than we are. Well, we don't want to jump to any conclusions. Remember the Knox. And they did build these homes. That's a kind appraisal. What about the UAV? Well, I've tried everything I know about rudimentary communication, and to be honest, I've had more successful conversations with dogs. So? So they're probably a little less evolved than we are. Welcome back to Stargate Weekly. I'm Stuart Hollis. And I'm Thad Haight. This week, we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 19, One False Step. Yeah. I thought I had a joke, but it was a bit of a false step. Wow. That was, man, that's bad by, like, even our standards. Yes. Or lack thereof. (laughs) So our synopsis from TV Guide. While visiting a planet, the team unwittingly unleashes a plague that threatens to destroy the civilization's gentle inhabitants. Alright, and the Stargate Wiki has a decent synopsis this week, so we'll actually read it. Bring it. Uh, SG-1's efforts to communicate with some strange inhabitants cause an outbreak of an illness. They soon discover an unmanned aerial vehicle crashed into one of the planet's plants, which hurts and upsets it, spreading illness to the natives. So, a couple problems. Well, I mean, I was going to start on TV Guys, a couple problems. <laughs> okay. Go for I it. I don't think it's correct to call it a plague. I would agree with that. We don't like to say plague. What do you think it is, then? A plague. Ailment. Yeah. Uh, you know, certainly. But it's it's not contagious. Yeah, plague has certain requirements and one of them is that it has to spread from person to person right and while i agree the planet had gentle inhabitants i disagree with using the word civilization Mm. i feel like if you don't have the written word or the spoken word or any of that i don't think you can qualify as a civilization as jack commented it was generous to even say that they had homes yes yeah i would agree with that so what are your problems with the staircase wiki synopsis well first off that it says they soon discover an unmanned aerial vehicle crashed into one of the planet's plants they that's literally the reason they went there in the first place yeah Um, i was trying to see if there's any sort of explanation where you could say that sam trying to pilot the uav and watching on the screen as it crashed into the plant was the same as discovering but (laughs) and it also I feel like by saying, by straight up revealing that the UAV hitting the plant was what hurt the natives, that's a bit of a spoiler. Yeah. This is yet another one where the Stargate Wiki and TV Guide have different air dates. Oh, yeah. What, what does Stargate Wiki say? January 20th, 1999. Yeah, no, because TV Guide and IMTB both say the 19th of February. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say 19th of February because... Yeah. It's also episode 19, so there's a pleasant symmetry there. 
That's true. And we are actually back into the same order again. So it's even production episode 19. Huzzah. So speaking of the production. Yes. This was written by Michael Kaplan and John Sanborn, who never wrote anything else for Stargate. Uh, That's fair. They didn't write much of anything, actually. Like, their IMDb things, they've written, uh, they wrote a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, most, they both worked together on a short-lived Comedy Central show called Frank Leaves for the Orient. Nope. Yeah, that was my reaction, too. That's about their only... I just found it interesting that apparently they were a team. Hmm. And it was directed by Bill Corcoran, who also directed the season three episode Seth, and has Ooh. directed a bunch of stuff for TV since the 80s. Uh, his most notable long time, uh, most notable direction work, according to IMDb, for sci-fi fans to recognize would, would probably be he did a bunch of Mutant X episodes, which was the uh, short-lived, uh, well, I say short-lived, it had three seasons, I think. It was <laughs> an X-Men knockoff made by Marvel because Marvel couldn't make X-Men because Fox owned it. So kind of like Wormhole Extreme, but for X-Men? Yes. UNL's lasted three seasons. Seven days? Seven days. I know you. Incidentally, uh, so I have two things I want to say. Okay. Uh, Actually, I have three things I want to say that you remind me of. We're going to start with the easiest one. First and foremost, all of the people that I have met who have spelled their last name that way have pronounced it Corcoran. Okay, that's probably true. Yes, I've met three of them. Although... I'm I'm sorry, uh... I am very sorry, Bill Corker, and I pronounced your name wrong. Maybe you pronounced it right. The crazy thing about names is that, like, you can just pronounce them however you want. And, like, you, have to, and, like, you can tell people, like, this is how it's pronounced. Like, if I wanted to tomorrow, all of a sudden say, yes, hi, my name is Frederick. It's spelled S-T-U-A-R-T, but it's pronounced Frederick. Or you could even say your name is Stuart. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's no, no. <laughs> So, thinking about the the writers and their and their limited uh, IMDb pages after this, mm-hmm. the the list of cast for this show, yeah, for this particular episode is incredibly small, and I have to wonder if it's simply because like only six people actually speak words in the whole episode. I think that's what it is. Uh, yeah. Um, however, uh, I can say that one of the people who speaks words is technician, as played by uh, Daniel Bacon. We've seen him be not Walter before, I believe. Yes, and we will continue to see him be not Walter. He will be on a grand total of nine SG-1 episodes and at least one Atlantis episode. Okay. And an episode of Seven Days. What about and the Dead Zone? an episode of The Dead Zone. <laughs> so, did the short alien look familiar to you? Because he looked familiar to me. No, but... He did just, he did have a very, like, kind and soft and expressive face that was just like, oh, yeah, you you seem like a sweet guy. I bet you're a serial killer on the weekends. Mm. At least on holidays. Oh, yeah, no, definitely on holidays. But I have no idea who he was because he didn't have a spoken role. What was this title in other countries? So most people just call it One False Step or A False Step or One Wrong Move, as the Hungarians call it. Uh, The Germans were a bit on the nose, as is their want, with deadly sounds. Yeah, like, not just on the nose, they're kind of giving away the reveal. Yeah. Because I definitely, um, I remember nothing from this episode. 
Like, not even a little bit. I remembered some of this episode. Okay, I assume that you usually skip it. I do, although I watched it last time I rewatched. Yeah. Because I usually skip it. I'm like, well, maybe I should watch this one. I because I and and I remember the last time I watched it thinking this episode isn't that bad. I don't know why I skip it because this one is actually I've seen in a couple places on the internet people not liking this episode, and I don't think it was bad. I mean, no, no, no. It, it certainly it, doesn't add fine. anything to the enti- overall Stargate mythology. But no. I thought it was a pretty decent episode, all in all. Yeah, I, I I feel like if this was an episode about SG seven, it was probably one of the medical teams. <laughs> that might have been SG seven that came in with old Off Fraser. Yeah, but since, but since it is about our heroes, it seems a little weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I thought it was fine. I. Next time I go through all of SG one, I'll skip it unless I'm making like a pointed like you know completionist rewatch. Uh, if I was introducing someone else to the show, I would say you can probably safely skip this one because it doesn't give us any new information. I mean, I might say that, but I am also of the opinion that the first time you watch a show, you don't skip any episodes. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I can I I can understand that argument. I mean, I could definitely understand maybe trying cherry-picking something to get someone into a show in the first place, not necessarily sure. the first episode. But once you've, someone is st- once you've started watching a show, you should watch all of the episodes the first time you watch the show. That's just my opinion. No, that's fair enough. Now, when you rewatch, sure, pick and just to your heart's content. That's what I usually do. Okay. So, I thought it was interesting that every time Daniel sneezed, Jack said, Bless. It was not every time. Jack said bless twice, and Daniel sneezed seven times. Did you actually count? Yes. Okay. Okay, I found it interesting that a couple times when Daniel sneezed, <laughs> Jack said bless. <laughs> I also counted how many times Teal took things too literally. Mm. Also twice. Yeah, I actually just have noted nothing goes over my head. <laughs> right. <laughs> Skipping ahead quite a bit. Do it. Skip. When we have the alien in the SGC. No, I'm sorry. You can't skip that far ahead. <laughs> I'm doing it anyway. Ugh. And it's going into... Was it cardiac arrest or just some sort of cardiac distress or whatever? Into its medical problem. Sure. Fraser says she won't defibrillate because she doesn't know what that will do. But she's totally cool with pumping it with epinephrine. How do you know what that will do? Yeah, that... Maybe there's tests that she could run on the blood to see if there was going to be like a... I don't know anything about epinephrine. I don't either. Like, I don't even know how to spell it. I... I can guess. There's a bunch of P's in there. I was very thankful that autocorrect knew what I was trying to type when I was doing my notes. Uh, Yeah, it's like, you know, E-P-I-N. It's like, did you mean epinephrine? Yes, thank you, phone. (laughs) Because, you know, you type EPI, and it's like, do you mean episode? <laughs> I did know what lidocaine was, uh, mostly because I was I just recently read uh, the, the Rise and Fall of Dodo. Yes. Excellent book, I thought. Yeah. Honestly, I think it might be Stevenson's best novel ending, in the fact that it actually feels like an ending, as opposed to a lot of his other books where they just sort of stop. Yeah. It... It does feel more like an ending than most. It was still a bit rushed in the end. 
Yeah, and when you consider that most of Stevenson's books are, I don't know, like 800 pages long or something. Yeah, I know, right? You have to wonder if he just like hits a certain point where it's like, well, this is good enough. Oh, man. Okay, we're going to take a quick break while I try to find a thing, a funny thing I read on the internet a couple years ago. Please remain on the line as we value your call. Anyway, I, I don't think I can find it, but the gist of it was that Neil Stevenson never finishes a book. What happens is at some point his editor gets fed up with him, sneaks into his house, and steals the manuscript. Right, and then like has someone else like just just bang out a final chapter. Yeah, <laughs> which is why so like in so many of them, there's at least like three or four of his books where the final chapter is basically everyone in the book converging on a single point. Yes, uh, yeah. So I, I have to imagine j- just based on the existence of the Baroque cycle, which is three Stevenson books, each of which are eight hundred pages long. I should read that at some point. I'm so like it it's it's so intimidating. It just sits there on my shelf just taunting me. That obviously he'll just keep going. Uh-huh. So I think that the editor breaking into the house idea has it's got legs. <laughs> yeah. And then and then we have like some cases like Seven Eves. It's the first two thirds of it I'm totally on board with. Then we jump ahead several thousand years in the future. And I'm, like, less interested, but still okay with it, and then it just ends. Yeah. That one in particular has this weird sort of, like, final chapter that's like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. This has been Stevenson Weekly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we could. (laughs) I don't think I'm up for reading a Stevenson book every week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) So... Skipping back to the beginning of the episode. Yes. I'm betting that Jack played with model planes as a kid. I bet Jack plays with model planes on weekends now. Probably. Just how excited he was seeing the UAV get launched through the through the gate. He definitely said he loved that. That never gets old. I love that. And we do we do see when they arrive on the planet exactly which direction the Kawoosh goes. Yes, Neatly tying up our conversation from last week, it totally would have wiped out the iris. Well, we knew that. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, you know. It also would have wiped out anyone who was sitting on the steps. Yes. But they had the warning. Yeah, but why would you sit somewhere where you know you might have to move? Because the rest of the planet is sand. It's a sand planet. I'd much rather sit on some steps than just, like, plop down in the sand. You'd never sat on the beach? Not in many years. Okay. And when I did, I was in a chair. Yeah. I suppose you do. You tend to avoid the beach because the sun is a deadly laser. The sun is a deadly laser. I gotta wonder about those dwellings. Yeah. A charitable word. <laughs> yes. They kind of like curve back towards the ground, or like back in towards the center once they get closer to the ground. So you think they're spherical? I don't think they're spherical. I mean, we see the insides of them, and they're also clearly not spherical. Cause it's kind of like they're like they're like too squat. It's like it's like a squished balloon. But I wonder if any of those plants, which to me sort of felt more like mushrooms than plants, but whatever. I guess I yes, I had that thought, and the Stargate Wiki also had that thought. Yeah, uh, but I wonder if sometimes they get big enough, and then like the the people like the the people creatures like just like slap mud on it, and then the mushroom 
dies or whatever. Do they eat the mushrooms? Do they eat? I mean, they would have to consume something, wouldn't they? Yeah, but like their village isn't anywhere close to water that we saw. Yeah. And although there were more of the mushroom plants around their village, like in like inside the village than around it, that could be production set up as much as a conscious choice by the set designers to be like, no, 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 like, I I guess that they had decided they were symbiotic. Anyway. So Stargate Wiki gives some apocryphal information to these people. Bring it. One, it calls them the pod people. That's wrong. That's that name's taken. And for two, they call the plants the mood shroom. Also, what? Stargate Wiki. You're better than this. I I just can't get behind the Stargate Wiki. Why can you not just call these unnamed inhabitants of PJ2445? Yeah. Don't just make up names. Like, if the names were used in a Stargate novel or comic or something, then I can I can get on board with it, as long as you notate that they were only used in a novel or a comic. But in this case, the person who wrote these articles just made this up. Yeah, that's I'm not crazy about those terms. I don't like those at all. Yeah, I'll pass on that. Yeah, very much so. There was one goof that I did not see. Uh, apparently, when... Daniel is in the hut talking to the aliens at one point. Mm -hmm. His jacket just has two Earth symbols instead of the SG-1 on one shoulder and the Earth on the other. Oh, no, I definitely did not notice that. I mean, like, I think I was too busy still trying to kind of figure out how Jack's binoculars worked. I was wondering about that, too. Make noises and beep and zoom in and out and, like, the the screen changes. Like, what's it doing? So did you get the Are They Friendly Spirits reference? No. Neither did I, but I figured it was referencing something. And it's apparently Rocky and Bullwinkle. I've seen all of Rocky and Bullwinkle, but that doesn't ring any bells. I've seen none of Rocky and That explains why it doesn't ring any bells for you. Yeah. But... There's a moose and a squirrel. That's all I know. No, 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 no. There's moose and squirrel. And does the squirrel have rockets? No. His name is Rocky. He's Rocky the Flying Squirrel. Okay, the squirrel can fly, though. Yeah, because he's Rocky the Flying Squirrel. Okay. And Bullwinkle the Moose. It's Moose and Squirrel. The Moose does not fly. No. Well, on an airplane. Yeah, I don't know anything. Or I got of a cannon, but... (laughs) I've never seen the show or the movie. The movie's probably skippable. I've not seen the movie. But the show, it was a lot of fun. Anyway. Okay. Almost as much fun as Daniel pretending to be an airplane. That was pretty fun. Yeah. So, there is also one other problem. Here. Go on. Consumer-grade camcorders of then and now don't pick up sound below about 200 hertz. I wasn't looking closely enough at the screen to see where the... Or did they mention what the frequency range uh, was? They don't, but they said it was subsonic. Right. And below what humans can hear, and humans can hear below 200 hertz. Hmm. I was wondering, when when she had isolated and then turned up the volume on the bad noise, mm-hmm. why didn't Daniel and Jack, who had been, mo- like, especially Daniel, who had been most recently affected by the noise, then be like, oh, God, my head again? Maybe when it's, at a, when it's played at a different frequency, it doesn't have that effect? I don't know. But either way, that, that camcorder should not have been able to record it. And that audio tape, certainly when played back, shouldn't have been able to produce it. Yeah. So did you notice, speaking of the camcorder, mm-hmm. that the 
other, you know, when when the weird mushroom surprise was happening, uh, towards the end of the episode, mm-hmm. um, the one that the camcorder was pointed at didn't grow. <laughs> I did not notice that. <laughs> but like three others did, and as soon as Teal looked at them, they shrank. Well, that's just Teal looking. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, freakishly. Uh, aware of their surroundings, these mushrooms are. A watched shroom never grows. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's clearly true. Yeah. Unless it's being watched by one of those guys. Mm. It's interesting that they were all... Well, they all looked like guys, but... Yeah. Not everyone carries, carries their sexual organs in the same place. That's true. Sometimes they're on the inside, not the outside. <laughs> yes. I thought the costuming and makeup was good. It was those. good, it doesn't hold up anymore. Not entirely, but holds up better than I would have expected. I, you could you clearly tell they were bodysuits and not, you know... Not, like, actually naked people who were painted? Yes. Right. And you could see the zippers on their backs in a couple scenes. Which they did a very admirable job of disguising. Yes. I'm not entirely sure what they could have done. Oh, no, I'm not saying that there was an easy way to solve it. No, no, I mean, unless it was, like, a freakishly stretchy fabric. Because it didn't, like, go all the way right up to their neck. It actually was, like, tattered around, like, their collarbone area. I think to make it easier to, to blend the colors. If there was, like, a like a stark, uh, like a stark circle right there at the bottom of their neck, then it would have been, like, way more obvious it was a bodysuit. I think we do have stretchier fabric today. Yeah, and I mean, we probably do, but it basically, I mean, it looks like it was already made from pretty stretchy fabric. It looks basically like pantyhose fabric. Yeah. I'm not a pantyhose expert, but I have a mom and I have sisters, so... Sure. Well, this was on Showtime. They could have just been pa- painted naked people. No, oh, it was still on Showtime in season two? Yeah, season three. It wasn't until season three. When we Whoa! Yeah. Oh, hold on, but it was after season one, wasn't it? That like Showtime stopped doing on their own air, right? No, like wasn't it like pretty really? It, it aired on Showtime all the way up through season five. And did Sci-Fi just have like syndication rights? Once Sci-Fi got the rights to air it, yes, yeah, they had. They also got the syndication rights to the back catalog. Interesting. So sci-fi didn't have it at all until, like, the early to mid-2000s. I don't think so. I can't answer that question, and I don't know if I can look that up either. Interesting. Interesting. But I do know for sure that it was on Showtime, it first run, certainly, in the first yeah. five seasons. Yeah, I I remember, we, like, we discussed this, like, a couple of times, and it's like, it, but it, it doesn't change the information in my brain, which is that it was off of Showtime by the end of season two. <laughs> like, I don't even have, like, an exact, like, time in my brain of, like, whether it was season one or season two, but it's just, like, like the number in my brain is like, no, 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 it was off Showtime by the end of season two. Okay, so no, Sci-Fi Channel started airing it in syndication in 1998, so... So Sci-Fi had it on their air immediately. Yeah, like a year after it first aired on Showtime. Yeah. So that so that probably is what was contributing to my like the 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 thing in my brain that was telling me it was like it wasn't Showtime's problem anymore or that like Sci-Fi had taken over airing it but Showtime was still 
like partially funding it or who knows what, you know. And the reason Showtime stopped airing it in after season five was because while the show had a sizable viewership, because it was syndicated, it was not bringing in new Showtime subscribers. That makes sense. I mean, I was certainly pretty surprised when recently HBO gave Amazon Prime their back catalog. Yeah, I was surprised by that as well. But switching gears from potential naked dudes, which is what got us off on you know that tangent in the first place. Yes, I uh, you know, like I said, I remember nothing from this episode. I definitely did not see the noise head fake coming. I assumed. Like, I was conned by Chekhov's green goo. Yes. I thought the green goo was what not right. took Teal'c out of commission. I did, however, clue in on the mushroom villager symbiosis pretty early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I remembered that from before, so. But yeah. Okay, well. My only other note is that Teal'c, or not Teal'c, Jack and Daniel both have that in- that conversation where they say, where they're starting to apologize for being dicks to each other, and then they're like, "Well, no, it wasn't our fault." And they both say something was yeah. wrong with us physically in unison. It's obvious there's something something, something wrong with us physically. physically. Well, there's nothing wrong with you. What? I enjoyed that. I enjoyed almost all of the Daniel and Jack stuff in the episode. Yes, when they're having. That weird fight that goes nowhere. (laughs) And then, like, they both realize... It's kind of like, uh... It's like from Ghostbusters 2. Mmm. Yeah. Welcome to New York. Was that the tagline? No, it's like New York, hell of a town, or something like that. Was that the tagline? There's... That's the end of the movie. There was... Okay, I was thinking of... When they talk about how the the entity had grown because of all the hatred and animosity all around it. And Dan Aykroyd says something about, well, that's New York for you. Only it's, that's not the line he says. Okay. Now I was thinking of them leaving the restaurant and they start like beating their, no, when they get out of the tunnel, they're like beating the crap out of each other. And then they realize that they're beating the crap out of each other and they take their clothes off. Now we're back to naked people. (laughs) It always comes back to naked people. (laughs) Which might have to be the title of this episode. Uh, My my hopes was for a weird mushroom surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so that's what it reminded me of. when, When they both realized, like, we're fighting, but why are we fighting? Yeah. You know, the underlying thing which is what Daniel brings up that they don't other than the fact that they both enjoy traveling to new and exciting alien planets that's basically like where the similarities end between the two of them yep and Daniel points that out right exactly so you know he's not wrong <laughs> and obviously there was Chekhov's stumbling with a headache because no one yes. ever stumbles on a TV show or movie without it being important for the plot. I mean, it doesn't mean they're going to die. If his nose had been bleeding, then Jack... Oh, yeah, he, he was he was a goner. Yeah. He definitely would have been... We, we, we would have been... Uh... Just once, I'd like a movie to acknowledge that nosebleeds just happen sometimes. <laughs> yeah. No, well, certainly no. like a Western movie. I'm not dying. It's just dry air. I promise. It's just the winter. Uh, we also do get the title of the episode almost at the very end. Yeah, it's very, very towards the end, and 
until Daniel had said it, that interpretation of it had not crossed my mind at all. Mm. Uh, like I, I, I had kind of assumed that the one false step was almost like a metaphor for the UAV crashing into the mushroom. Yeah, but like, like just the idea. Of, but do you know what's interesting? We never get like micro-sized civilizations in any of the Stargate stuff. Because mm. there, one false step, man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. We never do. But no, all in all, the episode was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have some, we had some solid buddy moments. You know, we get some good problem solving from old Doc Fraser. Mm-hmm. Even if there is no Walter. No Walter. I mean, we, we, we've had this conversation. We're going to keep having this conversation mm-hmm. because... All this season, know, all next season. Making me... Making me sad. Well, not all next season. There are two episodes next season. I'm gonna make. Walter. I'm gonna start making like weird noises that people are gonna call music. You know, it's definitely not music. Nice. Yeah, Jack definitely had the right reaction when Carter said that's music. Right. <laughs> These kids today in their stereos. <laughs> Get off my lawn. That's right. Well, I think I'm done talking about this episode. How about you? Yeah, more or less. Okay. How about you tell us what we're gonna watch uh, next week? Next week. We will be watching Season 2, Episode 20, Show and Tell. And I'm going to say right now, based on the title, I... Nope, I just remember what it is. Never mind. Based on the title, I think it's going to be another clip show. You would think so. Like, just based on the title. Mm-hmm. But it's something else. Thanks for listening this week. Uh, if you enjoy listening to us talk about One False Step, you can also check out our other podcast, Delta Flyer. You can find review both on your podcast player of choice, and you can also reach us at our email address, stargateweekly at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Gamicus. You can find me on Twitter at Tyrannicus. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Stargate Weekly. And that's our show. Yeah. Yeah.